0: Hey Retreat House listeners, this is Angie Smith. I wanted to jump in quick before this episode to remind you that back on the very first episode, the one thing that I promised was that not everything would be perfect with the Retreat House podcast, especially in technical areas, and today's episode is going to live up to that. There must have been something wrong with my mic, and I didn't catch it when we were recording, so it glitches every so often. It doesn't happen all the time, but it happens enough that I was afraid that you might think it's your earbuds or your stereo speakers or your car speaker, and I just wanted to let you know that it's not. It's not you. It's it's me. But this conversation with Keisha Polonio is is such an important conversation um, that I I didn't Want to not share it with you and to have you miss out on this conversation. It's really, really good. But wanted to give you a heads up it's not you, it's me. And um, there's nothing wrong with your earbuds, your car stereo speakers, or your stereo speakers at home. So let's head into the episode. <music> to the Retreat House Podcast, where we gather at the table to hear each other's stories. I'm your host, Angie Smith, and I am so glad that you're here. Please pull up a chair and join us. Welcome to the Retreat House Podcast. We are uh, off-site again. Uh, I am sitting with my friend Keisha Polonio, and I am ex- so excited that she said yes to being on the podcast today. I'm Actually, I heard Keisha before I met Keisha. She was on the Lead Stories podcast talking about some of the things that we're going to talk about today. Her work with Created, mm-hmm. which is a ministry that she is a storyteller for. And she also is the associate director of The Underground in Tampa, Florida. And I, so I heard her telling her story, which she'll tell a little bit more about. Um, but then I had the opportunity to meet her at a conference um, down in Texas and then in the fall... We were both at a really wonderful conference in the Twin Cities where I got to um, actually have a conversation with her. And this weekend we're together at another conference in the Twin (laughs) Cities. Um, And so, yeah, we had some time and so I was able to have her on the podcast. So welcome, Keisha. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here with you. So um, is there anything else that you would like to tell us about yourself?
1: Um, no, I think you got it. I, okay. I, I volunteer with Created. Um, I tell a lot of stories about the work that they're still doing in our city. And yeah, I work for the the Tampa Underground as the coaching director and the associate director there.
0: Okay. And you're a
1: mom? I am a mom. I have two boys, 11 and almost eight. Mm-hmm. And I'm married almost 15 years um, to yes. a really great guy who... My ride or die. That's what I call him. Mm-hmm. He, he has my back in everything
0: that I'm doing. He's right there. So nice. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So the reason that I, and we talked a little bit about this beforehand. So we're doing a series called what should I know? Mm-hmm. And when I was thinking about so, some of the conversations that I wanted to have and some things that I personally think I should know, or some things I think just people in general should know is, um, and retreat house is about seeing that we're all created in God's image and welcoming the stranger as Christ. Mm. And I thought of your work with Created. So, could you tell us a little bit more about what's specifically what the work that they do is? Yes,
1: yeah. uh, Created has been around for about ten years now. Um, they started doing work with women on the street. There, there's a strip in our city, probably mm-hmm. like in many other cities, where street prostitution is known. Um, and so they just went on the street looking for women to befriend and to remind them that there's a community that hasn't forgotten them, mm-hmm. that they're seen and loved. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so from that, um, street outreach has grown to club outreach, strip club outreach, um, to brothel outreaches, to outreaches in jails and in um, drug treatment facilities. Um, really, oh, it's wor- really wide. Yeah, we, we really want to be wherever women are. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're vulnerable women are caught in the sex industry, creative wants to be into those spaces, um, not expecting the women to come to us, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So we go, we go into all those places. And um, so that's like the outreach component, but then we also have a residential. And mm-hmm. so if that fits a woman's current situation, they have a home to come to.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so there's a lot of amazing things that happen, a lot of hard things that happen, um, but you see God move, mm-hmm. like you see miracles in the faces of the women um every day, and it's such a privilege to um have directed that ministry for so many years mm-hmm. and now kind of step away, but do a different part of the ministry in regards to connecting with the community and um still um volunteering into the strip clubs mm-hmm. has been such a gift and a blessing to me, so they're doing the work they're doing they're doing amazingly. Outrageously crazy, sometimes scary mm-hmm. work, but Jesus is present. He's there.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. So, what does that look like when when they're doing that work? When they're, you know, what would it, you know, because you know, I live in the suburbs, so mm-hmm. thinking about going down to those places in the cities that we all know, yeah, where they are, and you know what what does that look like? Yeah. What does that look like to go and befriend, yeah, these women? Well street outreach and club outreach are totally
1: different, right? Um, one difference, mm-hmm. there's walls right. for a strip club. <laughs> one is
0: inside, one, one is, is inside, outside. One is outside. <laughs> so
1: um, I think for strip clubs, there's this false sense of security because mm-hmm. there's walls and there's mm-hmm. people and there's bouncers and there's security and there's cameras and all this stuff. And you, and you can somehow get uh, lulled into like, well, this is okay. Like you don't have to be mm-hmm. as desperate for jesus because when you're on the street you are desperate for jesus Mm -hmm. because it is two o'clock in the morning and you're on a street corner and you have a a little gift bag that's kind of our uh peace uh maker you know like Mm -hmm. talk to us we have a gift for you um but it's just really you your partner who's walking uh with you and jesus Mm -hmm. and um so very different um you, you you actually find some volunteers uh, stick to one or the other because I think it's personality too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, club is loud club there's smells of alcohol and drugs clubs there's men mm-hmm. and and a lot of other things that are happen in strip clubs right um, so it has its own distractions mm-hmm. um, and so what we do is we have gifts we have cupcakes if we go into strip clubs kind of a peace offering um, just to open a door Mm-hmm. And usually if if we meet any woman, we introduce ourselves first, not assuming that they should give us their name, um but just trying to say like, hey, I'm I'm here, my name's Keisha. Like you would do with anyone else. With so anyone, anyone else. Is, right. I wouldn't say tell me your deepest darkest secret. Right. I just met <laughs> that's you. That's awkward. Right. We're we're in the grocery <laughs> right. store. Right. We're we're in Chipotle, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to be like, so what what happened? Why are you why are you in this life? Mm-hmm. You don't start a conversation like that. You no. start normal. You start with hi. How are you? How's your night going? How How has it been out here for you tonight? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're just out here, you know, for on the streets. We're just out here just checking on women to see if they're safe, if they're good, if they need anything. Um, in the clubs, it's a lot different. Women, we get to go in the dressing rooms, and so we're in the back, and women are getting ready. And there's not a lot of clothing, and the women are doing their hair and makeup. And so that's what we talk about. We talk about hair and makeup and kids and... Um, You know, the cupcakes and, you know, the gifts that are inside. And um, sometimes you're meeting a woman for the first time or sometimes you're meeting a woman that you've known for years. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like a little mini reunion Mm -hmm. that you're hugging, you're embracing, you're catching up on what has happened. And um, yeah, so that's
0: that's briefly what it could look like. Mm -hmm. So when I ask you the question... What should what should I know? What mm-hmm. should we know? What what are the things that you would just really love to you know for people to know? You know, if you only knew this about these women that we work with, yeah. What kinds of things kind of come to mind?
1: Yeah, I think the first thing that comes to mind is that um, you should know that the women that we meet in the clubs, on the streets, in brothels are just like you. Mm-hmm. Their moms, their daughters, their sisters, their mm-hmm. aunts um they love they cry they hurt they are trying to make ends meet um they are trying to figure out a world that is um harsh and cold at times um they are trying to uh provide for their sick parents they are trying to um provide for family members to uh go through college you know mm-hmm. they they are trying to pay bills <laughs> they are mm-hmm. trying to Um, be you know they're trying to live and I think so many times there's this uh, divide that we create like them and us Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right when Mm -hmm. it's actually us it's actually us they are our sisters and I always tell people like if your sister went missing
0: Mm
1: -hmm. if if, if one night your sister did not come home your life would forever be changed like you know we're in the Twin Cities, and you guys have Cub or Chub. What is Cub? It? Cub, <laughs> the grocery store Cub. Cub. You, you know, like you would never walk down the aisles of Cub the same way. You would. Right. You would look down every aisle, just to make sure she wasn't there. If mm-hmm. she, if there was a certain spot that she always went to, you would drive that place. You, you wouldn't go to work the next day mm-hmm. if your sister was missing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. If you, you told me you have two boys. If one of your boys were right. missing, yeah, your life would forever be changed. Mm-hmm. But I think we continue to live a life forgetting that we have sisters that are missing. Mm-hmm. And so we just continue our lives. We just continue living. We just continue shopping in the grocery store, picking up our eggs mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. our milk and not remembering that there are, there are some of us that are not here. The family is incomplete.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so what, what I would want people to know is that that there are so many of our sisters that are, are missing, that are lost, that um, don't even think they're remembered, mm-hmm. don't even think that they have a family to come home to. Mm-hmm. And part of, the, part of me wants to be like, yeah, you're right, because the church, we have forgotten them. Mm-hmm. So half of me is like, yeah, but not all of us. right? Not all of us. Not all of us have forgotten you. And we have, we remember you. We see you. We know We know and we won't we won't let the others
0: forget you um I love that the so the conference that we're going to be at this weekend um the workshop that I'm doing is called Mm scene and it's all about how God sees us and talking about um the bent over woman that Jesus heals in the synagogue and Hagar Mm -hmm. sitting by the spring and how God comes into the lives of these women that are on the fringes and sees them but more than that it's more than just i see that chair it's i see you i consider you i know you yeah and this has been a process that i've been on um which i think is part of the reason i really wanted to have you on too for my (laughs) own my own benefit to hear this but i've been realizing how okay so god sees me and he knows me and he brings healing or you know whatever so then what? Like it's this con it's this communion between me and God, but then it needs to change from a flow of from God to me and out mm. and seeing mm-hmm. the unseen mm-hmm. people around us. Yeah. And I remember having a conversation with a friend and we were there's a town close to here where when you and there's a mall there and when you drive there a lot of times there'll be people begging at the mm-hmm. stoplights. And she was talking about um Driving through there, we're making gifts, kind of like gift bags or yep. packs to hand to people that we would see. And she was talking about an area where she would see homeless. And I was like, what? They're mm. there? I don't even see them. And yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, my heart, like the dark of my heart that I didn't even see them, that it yeah. was too hard, too painful. And so I'm just going to avert my eyes and not mm. see them. mm mm-hmm. And that it's hard. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to open up your eyes to see someone and your heart to consider what life is really
1: yeah.
0: like for them. Yeah. And then to also, uh, so yeah, so I have kids and then have them in the back seat. Yeah. Asking questions. Yeah. And then how do you, how do you deal with that? Right. Because Jesus calls us to see people. Yeah. Jesus calls us to serve. Jesus calls us to practice hospitality. Mm. So then what do you do with that? Yeah. So if... If things like that... Okay, so things like that are stirring in my heart. <laughs> mm. So if things like that are stirring in other people's heart, what would you say to them about... I mean, like you've been talking about, like our sisters are lost and need to be seen and the church needs to see them. Mm-hmm. What are some steps that people can take toward that? Yeah. I think first
1: you have to see. So you have to open mm-hmm. your eyes. You, you, I think you're right. I think you have to ask the Lord... To help you see, mm-hmm. I think we take, we think we can, mm-hmm. but we really need Jesus, right, to like remove the scales from our eyes, right, um, because once you see, you cannot unsee, right, 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 and right. so it will change your life. It really will change your life, and I think that's how you know that you have seen mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: when when you're like having the moment of like, oh wait, I didn't see these homeless people. Now I do see these homeless people, and mm-hmm. I think we just live in a society where we're Discipled to not see, to just see what you want to see, mm-hmm. just see the things that benefit you, you know. And your kids, they don't know that yet.
0: Right. They're being discipled.
1: Right. right. They're being discipled. They're hearing the laws. lessons. Right. Mm-hmm. They're being they're being discipled, and they're still trying to figure out. Like, but wait, wait, wait I actually see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Right. You know. Um. And so I th- I think our world just really clouds our vision and when the world is dark, we should be the ones that should be able to see. Right. Right. And be bringing the light, bringing the light to see through the darkness because, um, the darkness is thick and, and, and once, and, and we kind of stay into that space of, of, um, not seeing and, and, you know, so I, I I would say one, you have to see, Mm -hmm. you have to ask the Lord to help you to see, um, and then I would say, um, pray and try to figure out what you should do. Mm-hmm. Now, there's so many issues. There's so many things when we talk about being seen. So vulnerable women in the sex industry, refugees, homelessness, uh, you know, we can name off a gazillion, right? right? So you need to figure out which one,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which one are you supposed to impact and then how, right. you know? So some of us are supposed to be on the front line. Like we are called to be on the front line. Mm -hmm. Some of us are supposed to be supporting those people on the front line. Some of us are supposed to be praying. Some of our nights should be filled with praying for those who are in strip clubs that Mm -hmm. very moment Mm -hmm. speaking to women. Some of us need to take an active response in prayer to um, see justice come in our city. Mm -hmm. And not for prayer not to be so passive, but an active way that we will fight injustice in our city. Um, And then I think some of us um, need to start things that haven't started. Like, you know, your friend is trying to do uh, gifts for homeless people. Like some of Mm -hmm. us are supposed to start new things. Right. Some of us are supposed to start something to the unseen in our city Mm -hmm. because no one else has. Some of us are going to have to step up because no no one else will. Um, And once you see, that yes becomes easier. Mm -hmm. But when you have it, it's it's an easy no because of all the other things I have to do and all the other things that I need to take care of and all the other ways all that God is calling me right, right. And, and and there has to be someone else I can that you cannot be asking me that's what mm-hmm. I said mm-hmm. when they asked me to be a part of created I'm like come on <laughs> I don't know anything about anything mm-hmm. about the sex industry I don't know anything about addiction I don't know anything about our city's plight of you know sex and 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 the deviousness that lives um, at night, I don't know anything. I, I have never run a marathon. I've never... You know, I've ne- I don't have a t-shirt that says, you know... I, I've never done the Red Cross, you know, the... the, end, X, it the end it, The end it. I've never done that. I, you probably want someone who has done more than what I've done.
0: So then what did that look like for you, then, to go from the... From that point of scene to... Because I, I think with anything that God calls us to, it's one foot in front of the other. Yeah. Because... Sometimes I think if we knew where we were going, we would get completely overwhelmed yeah, and, and yeah. just shut down. Yeah. So what were those one foot and the other one foot in front of the other moments like for you or steps that yeah. you
1: took? I, I think I if I'm honest, mm-hmm. I totally dismissed it because I just thought the only thing I had seen, Angie, that had to do anything with sex trafficking was taken. And Oh, that movie? Yes. And I'm thinking you want somebody that not Liam Neeson. You, you <laughs> need somebody with a special set of skills. Right. I, that's not me, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I thought, I'll pray. That's what I told her. I'll pray. Because that's what we say as right. Christian people.
0: I'll pray. And that gets them off our back. Right. right. I'll
1: pray. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I remember praying for a little bit and not hearing anything. And just thinking it would be easy. Like, it'll be easy, no. Because mm-hmm. obviously I'm called to pray. To kids in the foster care system, that's where I was working, okay. and I just thought it was clear. Like, mm-hmm. I'm already doing my one thing. Mm-hmm. There's no way God you could be calling me to two. Like, where where does it say that in the Bible? Right. You know what I mean? Like, I thought it was just one calling, right. not callings. I was confused, <laughs> and so I I prayed. And the longer I didn't hear anything, the longer I started to think, Oh my gosh, wonder if the answer is yes. Mm. Um, and so that's I that's
0: interesting. The change from Oh, this will be an easy no to the not hearing anything might be a yes. Yeah. That's an it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because I think during that time of waiting, something happens mm-hmm. in your heart. Like oh, the
0: Holy Spirit. Yes, moving and Yes. Mm-hmm. Like
1: filtering out the anxiety and the fears and the ways that I was already canceling myself out from leading or doing anything like that because mm-hmm. I don't have fill in the blank. Right. I don't have the past. I don't have mm-hmm. the education. I mm-hmm. don't have, you know, and so that season of waiting really sifted me, um, and what was left was still not much. What was left was still a little bit mm-hmm. that I was able to offer to the Lord. And the Lord took that, you know, and multiplied that and, and blessed it. But I think as I waited, there's something there in that waiting. And mm-hmm. so usually when people hear something and they're like, yes, and I'm like, no, <laughs> go pray, you know. Oh. Let the Lord figure, like, you got to deal with some stuff. You need to deal with why you haven't seen. Mm-hmm. Why haven't you seen you know, like, if I was talking to you, I would say, mm-hmm. why haven't you seen the homeless people? You need to deal with that first before you s- want to serve. Because mm-hmm. there's something there, and and God wants to do some work in that. And so I did that work. And then I thought, well, let me go on an outreach. And so I actually went on an outreach. Because th- this team was heavily recruiting me to come
0: mm-hmm. and be a part of their team. So created was something that was already, already happening. Already happening.
1: Okay. So they were around for maybe, like, four maybe four or five years before I jumped in. Okay. Um, And so, yeah, they were already doing their thing. Um, So they asked me to come and be a part of an outreach. And um, I'm going to tell this story uh, this weekend because I think it's so easy for us to just be like, Somebody else will do that. Right, I, this right. is what I thought, Angie. I'm just sharing all my, like, crazy, <laughs> nasty thoughts. But what I thought was, like, that's... I'm so great those people are doing that work, those young college students, those young 20-year-olds. Because mm. I have a family. Mm. I have kids. I have a husband. You know, I have... I, I can't be out at 1 o'clock in the morning. Right. hmm You know, how... What What does that even mean? <laughs> I don't even know what that means anymore. Um and then I, I prayed, still didn't hear anything. And usually before you go on a street outreach or any outreach, we pray first. And we ask the Lord, like, is there a woman? Is there a name? Is there a person? Is, is there a location? Like, give us something.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that night I saw a woman's face. And I remember before her face. Before he I went out. Before I went out. The, the, I, I, rem- I can see her face in my mind still. Um, and I remember opening my eyes and thinking, okay, we're going to find her. I, I, I've seen her. Mm-hmm. i've seen her in my mind's eye i've seen her in my heart let me go find her and i remember going out on outreach that night and we didn't we didn't see any women that night it was a really cold night we're in florida yeah no judgment <laughs> but it, so it was like been, 50 degrees. <laughs> it was a cold <laughs> night um and rainy and so there weren't any women out and i remember going home and being so frustrated and thinking um she's still out you- there Oh, She's still there. Mm-hmm. She's still there. And I just feel like the Lord is like, you continue to look for her until you find her.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that was in 2011. And that's why I haven't stopped going because I haven't found her yet. Oh, you haven't seen. I have not seen her yet. But once you've seen, mm-hmm. you cannot unsee. And I, she's out there somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I have found a lot of her other sisters, mm-hmm. but I haven't found her yet. And so that night I remember coming home and that was the night that I felt like the Lord, um, just asked me the question. Cause this whole time I've been asking him, right? Mm -hmm. Like, do you want me to do this? Sure. I'll, I'll, I'll quit my job and go do ministry and all of what all of that means. And, but I just need to know that you want me to do this. And I was asking all these questions and I just felt like he asked me the question, like, will you take a seat at the table? Because nobody else is willing to, will you take a seat at the table? and I I saw this image of a a huge table that said created on it and all Mm -hmm. these uh, chairs around it and nobody was sitting there and I said yes and I sat at the table and I don't have much to offer but I I have myself Mm -hmm. and that's when I everything was in at that point I quit my corporate you know job I started doing ministry and like full on like Study reading. There was already women in the house, you know. Mm-hmm. There were outreaches. There was volunteers. There was all this other stuff that I had to learn. But man, God is so gracious. Um, so. So what were you doing in corporate,
0: and did that overlap at all with then?
1: I was working um, with the agency uh, in the foster care system. Right. Yeah, that worked to ensure that the policies that were changed, and um, legislation that was uh changed mm-hmm. um was being made into policy on um the local level because okay. a lot of times policy you know legislation is changed mm-hmm. but that doesn't trickle Felt down around. right mm-hmm. and so all of these things are supposed to be happening but the agencies on the ground have not even thought through policies or changes to to implement those things so that's right. what I was doing a lot of like throughout the state of Florida visiting mm-hmm. doing all of that great right. stuff um Nothing like created. There is nothing like created. <laughs> there is nothing like created. Um, so, yeah, when I mean it was like a a huge U-turn, mm-hmm. a huge U-turn. But I think our hearts are big enough for multiple things, to love and care for multiple things. Mm-hmm. And so if we're open, I think God will continue to ask us to sit at multiple tables because there's a lot of people that are not willing to.
0: To sit at the table yeah I love what you said too about the the things that you had to deal with in your own heart mm-hmm. before you could really step into it yeah because I think a lot of times under I mean I think this this topic could fall under a lot of different other topics that it becomes hard to deal with the darkness mm-hmm. in our own heart mm-hmm. or like how I said to my friend that I didn't see the homeless people mm-hmm. and what that revealed about my heart mm-hmm. like that's just not nice mm-hmm. and I'm from Minnesota mm-hmm. you know what I mean that's not nice we mm-hmm. want Minnesota nice mm-hmm. and to be able to look honestly yeah. at the dark places and the only way you're going to get rid of that darkness is to bring it out and you have to into the light you have to and and just acknowledging how hard it is yeah like, that is not an easy process it is it but so necessary to let the Holy Spirit do that work yeah because if you don't, the people that you serve will call it out for you. Mm-hmm. Well, that's even more awkward.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they will, they will, they will call it out. They will call it out because they live in a life they they live in a situation that is just raw and vulnerable. They don't have time for Minnesota nice. Mm-hmm. We don't got time for Minnesota nice. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to live today. Right. We survive. Got, we're trying to survive. So Minnesota nice is not gonna help us survive, mm-hmm. right? So that has happened with some of our volunteers that they're struggling with. Whatever, feeling like maybe they're better than mm-hmm. a woman or feeling entitled or feeling and, and mm-hmm. the women quickly will be like, What's your issue? What's your problem? I don't understand you know. Um, and so I do think it's important because you can hurt those that you try to serve. Right. If you don't. And I, I just think we should. We we need to go into those places to allow the to allow Jesus to purify us and to clean, cleanse us and to 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 heal some places that um have been broken and and to restore us. And so that's what I tell people all the time. Like, they feel like, yes, they watched that documentary. Mm-hmm. I want to sign up for Created. And I'm mm-hmm. like, pray and deal with yourself um, and then come back. Like, if you can pray for a good two months and you still feel this way and if you dealt with all that stuff and you still feel this way, then come back and let's have a second conversation mm-hmm. because this type of ministry will spit you out and... You need to have a grounded foundation in Jesus. Like he, there, there needs to be nothing blocking. Mm-hmm. And if your darkness is getting in the way, then I need you to step to the side um, until you figure that out because we need to care for the women.
0: Right.
1: Um, and, and when you deal with darkness, when you engage in darkness, it will bring the darkness out in your own self. Mm-hmm. And so um, even for me, as I continue to work with created, it's not like I did that you know, yeah. so many years ago. I'm terrified. I'm and clean. I'm, I'm, clean. There's I'm good. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's continual. It's mm-hmm. continual because the darkness will look back at me and be like, "Oh, but what about this insecurity? Wait, you're going to conferences now? What you doing is mm-hmm. speaking at conferences. Mm-hmm. You should. You need to just, you know, wh- whatever it is, whatever mm-hmm. our thing is, he will come and he will press. The enemy will come and press into those places. So I just think it's a good discipline to start. Right. Like if you want to work with vulnerable people, then you need to check your heart,
0: right. check your heart before you fill out the application. That's great. Is there anything that we haven't covered in this conversation about? Yeah, I think another thing I, would, I, I think people should know is that a lot of the women in the sex industry
1: have been very hurt by the church.
0: Mm-hmm. They've been mm-hmm. very
1: damaged by the church. And, I mean, and when I mean damage, I, I talk about like sexually abused mm-hmm. between pews and then also the lack of response from the church Mm -hmm. um, and then the overly critical judgmental response Mm -hmm. from the church so we see all three of those in the clubs and it's just so hard for like they call us the church ladies right and Mm -hmm. so everybody knows we're about Jesus everybody Mm -hmm. knows Mm -hmm. we are fully dressed you know Mm -hmm. we're coming in with cupcakes (laughs) Mm -hmm. everybody knows we're the church ladies um, and I'm a, created as a part of a network in our city there's there's multiple groups that are going to the 50 plus clubs in our city wow. We're not the only ones mm-hmm. and so we there's a sisterhood that's there too right um, but all of them will tell you that when if you start to ask like well, would you want to come to a gathering would you want to come and meet my community there's so much hesitation because of um, hurt mm-hmm. from the church and so I find myself apologizing all the time for the church, all the time for my cousins at First Fill in the Blank mm-hmm. Church of Whatever, mm-hmm. um, because of neglect, abuse. Um, you know, I was going there and they they didn't want to talk to me. No one talked to me. I didn't have any. You know,
0: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. everything you can think of, it has happened, and so. I think even realizing like you you we feel like we have the answer we have Jesus right mm-hmm. but there's so much that has um, shaded that blocked that out for them that it takes a long
0: time. I heard once I think it was Jill Briscoe talking, and she talked about the ministry of listening mm-hmm. and that when you come in to uh, it was a story that she they came into a. it was an orphanage or I think it was an orphanage and she felt like she needed to just listen and there was one young woman in particular that God had put on her heart and so she just listened Mm -hmm. to her that she didn't come in with uh, Mm -hmm. I've got the answer Mm -hmm. and it's Jesus and Mm -hmm. she just listened to this girl and got to know her and and earned her trust yeah didn't come in assuming yeah well you're gonna trust me because I'm a Christian yeah but sat with her and gave her the ministry of presence and the ministry right. of listening right. until that young woman was ready right. to have a conversation with her.
1: And sometimes that takes a long time. Sometimes it takes years. Mm-hmm. Because we're we're talking about deep wounds. Right. And so one cupcake and some mascara isn't right. gonna isn't gonna fix that, you know? Mm-hmm. And consistency. You know, and so that you keep showing up, you keep showing up, mm-hmm. and so they know, they know that every third Friday we're going to be in there, mm-hmm. and and so they wait for us, you know, and and we know when women are missing or when new women come, new women are looking at us like, what is happening right, right now? <laughs> Who <laughs> are these people? You know, what's with the cupcakes? What is happening? <laughs> I love that you bring cupcakes, uh, you know, and and I, yeah, I think there's something to the patience and and a ministry of that's long suffering and willing to wait.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I I you know if, people are always just like what are your your statistics what is your success rate mm. and what I'm, are the numbers what are the numbers? And I'm like that we keep on going back. That's mm-hmm. a success for me mm-hmm. that it's been almost what 7 years and I'm still going back.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm still going back because there's still women there. And until there are no more women there, mm-hmm. I will continue to go back. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's right. There's a, there's a presence, uh, a ministry of presence that has to be felt when you're dealing with women in the sex industry and for them to lead mm. because they're already told what to do. Mm-hmm. They're already dictated what their days will look like. Um, and so for you to come in and say, well, this is the way. right? This is the way and this is what you need to do and here's our track mm-hmm. and here's what you you know right. is just, uh, again, just yeah. a poor representation of really who we are. Right, right,
0: no. yeah. um I remember seeing so our friend Steph O'Brien, mm-hmm. her husband J.D. Mm-hmm. O'Brien had made a movie out in the cold. Did you see the movie Mm-mm. he made? He made this really great documentary. He and a friend went out in Minneapolis and lived with the homeless mm-hmm. for a week, and then made a documentary about it. And I saw a clip or saw a quote of him talking about when they were going to make this movie. And he said, we weren't bringing Jesus to the street. Mm-hmm. We were seeing what Jesus was already doing on the street. Yeah. And in me, there was this shift of, oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Like, how, what, what, like, pride and arrogance to think, well, here I am yeah. bringing Jesus to you. Yeah. I bestow Jesus upon you. Yeah. Instead of saying, you know, Jesus is already in that club. Yeah. And let's go find out what he's doing. Like, this is something that's been a shift for me within the last year of... That's so good. Like, also God's been dealing with me on my hubris. It's not just pride. It's excessive pride, Mm -hmm. which is super awesome. Mm -hmm. Not really, (laughs) but whatever. Um, But, yeah, that's that ministry of presence and then also looking for what he's already doing and assuming, instead of assuming I have the answer. Right, like we're not bringing Jesus with us in our
1: pockets when we right. go on the street. I, I tell people when we do club outreach or uh, trainings or street outreach trainings that Jesus was, is already there. He's already mm-hmm. on those street corners. Right. He is pursuing those women. He's right. calling out to them. Yes. He is protecting them. He's providing for them. Mm-hmm. And we get to, to partner with him for an hour mm-hmm. or two. And when we go back home into our beds and go to sleep, he is still there. Mm. He is still present. Mm -hmm. He is still roaming those streets. He's still roaming the back of those dressing rooms looking for those women, calling out to them to come home Mm -hmm. to him. Um, And I think there could be that feeling of like, well, I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. No, you're not. You're not doing anything. All you're doing is bringing cupcakes and some gifts. Mm -hmm. But God does something. What we get to do is participate in worship. When we walk into that club, that's what it feels like. We are worshiping the Lord, and it, it, there is a shift. There is definitely a shift when when worship happens, mm-hmm. right? And so when we walk into a club, the shift happens. And I, I told the team, I was like, "We're not doing outreach. We are going to worship Jesus in every club that we go into. Mm-hmm. We are worship leaders tonight." Mm-hmm. And so um, when you even think about outreach or um, trying to do connect, you know, contact work with anybody mm-hmm. um when it shifts from that to worship it, there's something that happens in
0: yourself right right there's something that happens mm-hmm. to yourself so because jesus is there right right i love that yeah is there anything else that we haven't covered I that mean, was so talk great for, i know i could
1: talk for a thousand years <laughs> but we don't have a thousand this years is,
0: is no so i good. think that's great so there are two questions that i ask all my guests mm-hmm the this is called the retreat house podcast so how do you retreat from everything that you do is it a place is it a practice what does retreat look like for you uh it's definitely going away Mm -hmm. i live in the inner city
1: of tampa um and so even where i live is very tense Mm -hmm. i i see the women that i reach out to on my street on my block and so um for me to rest to Mm -hmm. sabbath um in a retreat style really does mean pulling away for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if there's water involved, mm-hmm. any kind of water. right? Like Waterfall, lake, ocean. Any, anything, mm-hmm. anything. I, I'm all about water. There's just something healing about hearing it mm-hmm. and, and, and touching it. And so, you know, what I'm learning is that it is important for me to, to have a rhythm of retreat. Um, And so what does that look like, you know, weekly for Sabbath? What does that Mm -hmm. look like monthly? What does that look like yearly? Mm -hmm. Um, And so those are the rhythms that I kind of put in place that I know I have to go to the beach or have to go somewhere once a month Mm -hmm. to read my Bible, read a book, pray, listen to music, paint, whatever. Um, And then yearly trying this is new as of last year, just Mm -hmm. realizing like, oh no, we should get away and not just vacation and go to orlando Mm -hmm. because that is a mess i'm like (laughs) exhausted
0: (laughs) i'm not vacating
1: anything no no but um so yeah definitely creating rhythms of um being away where water is is kind
0: of my my sweet spot Mm i love that have you ever been on the north shore in minnesota no. up by Lake Superior. Mm-mm. It's like all these waterfalls cascading down no into the No one ever invites me when oh. it's not snowing oh. in Minnesota. I don't understand <laughs> well, what come back is. in the summer. This is in recording. Come back <laughs> in the summer, and I will take you to the North Shore. It's all right. beautiful. All right. Um, and my other question that I ask my guests is, we like to celebrate weird in my mm-hmm. family. So if you were to describe something about yourself using the hashtag celebrate weird, what mm-hmm. would that be? Okay, so maybe I just don't
1: think I'm weird enough, um, <laughs> or maybe I just think all the things I do—maybe it's pride. Or maybe tomorrow. all the things yeah. I do are great. <laughs> None of my things are weird. I—I—I um,
0: uh, I, I don't know. Or something you do when people say that is so weird, and you're like, "What? It's normal." The the only
1: thing that people say is the amount of hot sauce I put on my food. That's the only thing I okay. that I people actually like gasp. <laughs> so <laughs> I so I'm from Belize and mm-hmm. we have a special hot sauce called Marie Sharp. is the best hot sauce ever. Mm-hmm. And so I mean this happened three times on Sunday. I have a house church. Mm-hmm. We have dinner first before we do Bible study, and we had rice and beans and chicken. Mm-hmm. And so I like took the hot sauce and I'm like covering my food <laughs> and so I look up and the person to my right is eyes are huge looking at me and then the person to my left is like oh I know isn't this crazy like she does this all the time and I'm like guys it's rice and beans like if anything you put hot sauce on it's rice and beans and I think I'm passing on my crazy to my kids are you? because my 7 year old will take the hot sauce and literally on a strip of piece of chicken he'll put 5 like shakes on it and eat it and then run to the kitchen and get some water like I don't know what I'm doing to them I don't know if this is healthy for their brain that. or for their mouths but um, I just think Help I'm discipling all
0: of those toxins I just, I just out. think
1: in those moments I feel pride I right. feel proud to mm-hmm. be a Belizean mom and like yes you eat hot sauce with right. your chicken and it's a little spicy we're working on that but I'm discipling my kids right mm-hmm. so it might be weird to other people. Right. But and we're going to celebrate it. We celebrate, we're celebrate it. celebrate weird. Especially on potato salad. Hot sauce. on awesome. Potato yes. salad. It's... Your
0: okay. face doesn't look like you're <laughs> celebrating, <laughs> no. though. I can actually kind of like feel <laughs> the sweat on my face at the thought of drinking or eating uh, hot sauce. <laughs> well, thank yeah. you so much, Keisha, for agreeing to do this and thank being you. on here. So many great things um, that you had to say about the work that you're doing and just great encouragement about... You know, the idea of reaching out and um, just things that we should be a part of our relationship with Christ in general. Yeah. Those working through the dark places. Yeah. And yeah. So I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Retreat House podcast. Any links mentioned in the show can be found in the show notes. We want to thank Isaac Turley for his music at the beginning and end of the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and we'll see you next week on the Retreat House podcast.